Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, travelers. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Ejelos, and we have a fun episode planned for you tonight because it's going to be something a little different. Uh, first off, I have Arkaneer Silvershield with me. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing pretty awesome. Uh, and we also have special guest and one of the guild officers in our guild in the Elder Scrolls Online, Storm's Lord. Hello. There we go. How are you, buddy? Uh, doing awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to all the awesome people who showed up live today over at twitch.tv slash Dungeon Crawler Network. We really appreciate that. Um, now. The reason why this show is going to be a little different, and I apologize to some of our podcast listeners because this may be kind of difficult, uh, but we are going to do away with the Tales section for this week. Reason being is we were doing a guild competition uh, for decorating your house. Uh, The macabre, what do we call it, Storms? The macabre something or another. Macabre Cottage Contest. There we go. See, I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Too bad it wasn't MMC and then it could crash horribly. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, a yeah, <laughs> little, little bit of computer humor there. Um, but yes, we are going to go out. We, are gonna, we had a couple entries, and we are going to go out, and we are going to describe them to our podcast listeners, what we are seeing, and uh, we are going to vote on what we think is the best. And, of course, those people will earn some prizes. So, um. I guess before we really jump into that, I do have to do a little bit more housekeeping because I didn't. Uh, first off, that awesome intro music is brought to you by the one, the only Family Jewels 7X over on YouTube. Check him out and all of his amazing video game covers. Uh, he does a ton of them, and I really encourage you to go check him out because he is a fantastic musician and, uh, yeah, really need to check out his work. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to 
Um, two of our new patron supporters, uh, why I don't see them here on my list is kind of disconcerting. Um, General Cat, I think is, yeah, General Cat and Owen Woods. If I shouted you out on here before, I apologize, but shout out again. There you go. Uh, those are our newest patron supporters within this last month, and we really appreciate it. As well as a shout out to a bunch of our new Twitch subscribers that we got, uh, including uh, Lexmex, uh, Woohoo Fish, and there's a few more on there, but I think we have some, and some returning returning people such as obi and baron dalton and uh, bdog 52 really appreciate that um all right guys i guess it's time for us to right. look at <laughs> some houses so storms Ooh, haunted houses. all right uh the first one we have is uh blood eye oh okay uh, well before we do blood eye oh. i actually have something she sent me something here that oh, i am supposed to read. yeah i'm uh, supposed to read this before so, all right, let me get into get into character here. Ah, uh, Maitre D. Tyrus the Terrifying welcomes you to a monstrous dinner party. Location is in the subtly glowy forest of cold death. With festive ceiling decorations, he is sampling the menu to ensure it meets his ghoulish standards. He particularly recommends the soup. The meat course has been hung for oh a year or two sit down on the benches relax and enjoy well that was creepy <laughs> that was creepy <laughs> yes. haunted house time then all right yeah haunted house time so we are going to blood eyes house so i guess that's her primary residence i assume yep okay visit to her primary residence and that's what we are going to do this is this is gonna be exciting. This is gonna be exciting. This is fun. I'm, I'm gonna like this. I and and just to preface this, I have not looked at any of the entries. They all came to Storm, so he knows them all. But I did not look at them, so yeah, I'm, I'm just, in I'm in for a surprise. <laughs> Ew, that's creepy. <laughs> Whew. I'm all right, Ag, you are more creepy than um, the house. But... <laughs> Wait, wait. It's fine. Oh, it's your, should I should be in a, a Halloween costume? Hold on, I can I can do that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on a ghoulish uh, costume just because I think I should. Let's see, polymorphs. I'm gonna well. be a scarecrow specter. No, I'm gonna be a draugr. Draugr. Oh, draugr. you have the draugr. I have draugr. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna be draugr. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's see. So what we got here. <laughs> is we have a bunch of those blue glowing fronds that you see in um oh where are they at a lot of times you can see them anywhere that you go underground in the one of the dwemer see i'm trying to remember the name of the dungeon it's the one with uh oh what is what is your favorite one arc the one that you were always trying to get engine guardian off of uh dark shade caverns dark, dark shade, shade caverns. caverns yes my favorite it's got those little dark shade caverns uh, fronds, if you will, hanging from the ceiling as lights. Oh, that's that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Then we've got the entire room now. Oh, I guess we probably should have said what it what um what house is this? I guess I should look. This is the Sisters, Sisters. of the Sand apartment. Okay. Because part of the rules was it either had to be a cottage or an apartment. So all right. 
Uh, the other thing we're seeing is she has a bunch of de these dead looking trees the entire length of the way around the the entire room with some mushrooms and some other foliage and as well as what are these smoking things like what are they i don't know i think they're underground like i think they are skooma things but okay underground maybe skooma underground okay i got you so oh no 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 uh, they are brazen braziers like, underground okay yeah yeah you can okay. see it here like oh awesome i see awesome that gives it a very nice smoky effect oh check this out guys in one of these trees there's a heart sticking on a branch oh cool yeah i was about to mention that yeah. and there's one on the table as well like a roll something heart I well don't know what, maybe. i guess her theme is a ghoulish dinner so she has this little long table up and a couple daedric benches and I like the pumpkin. The pumpkin and then the skull head right here with the light. That's really, really awesome. Right at the base of the table. And uh, so, yeah, we got ourselves a what looks like a human heart in a bowl. A couple red dishes that look like they have blood in them. A fish with a knife through its face. That's delightful. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... A human skull in a red boiling soup of some kind. I'm going to assume that's blood. <laughs> and a hunk of meat. Oh, and there's a skeleton sitting here at the head of the table with a crocodile and meat sticking out of it. Okay. I wonder if, like, you see the merchant, right? The Ordic banker? Uh, I'm, I'm looking for her. Where is she at? Where is she at? Uh, I them. see it right here, like Tithis Andramo. Oh, under. Under the, the skull. Under the skull. the skull, yeah. Under the skull. Oh, and I... You don't see it? Wait, let me... Let oh, me I do... Oh, I see it now. I thought that was a chair. The guy was a chair? How did you think I that? don't... I don't <laughs> honestly know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. That's actually clever. Okay, so what Blood Eye has done is she's taken her banker assistant placed him in the house, and then is now hovering a crocodile skull above his head, so they kind of mesh together. And it kind of looks like this giant crocodile humanoid creature is sitting there with meat in his mouth. Awesome. Oh, that I'm just, is I'm, really I'm still, cool. I'm still more impressed by the fact that you thought that was a chair. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's what I... Well, I mean, with... With the way that the Halloween is, I mean, it is kind of dark. The entire room is kind of is dark, right? I mean, we've got um, the bunch of the trees and the thicket, so it was almost done like this was meant to be outside. Uh, for some odd reason, I feel like uh, that one song, uh, Like Wake Dirge, should be playing right now because oh, it's yeah. just got that creepy feel to it. Very, very, very nice. I like this a lot. Baron, one of our Twitch subscribers, is making fun of me. A chair. I don't know what I thought. I thought it was a chair at the head of the table because she's got benches. Only after, right. like, I'm sitting here staring at, like, the legs of the table trying to figure out, well, like, is he under the ground? No, he's, like, right there. Awesome. Take a couple screenshots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, got that. So, who is our next entry? Our next entry is Smirchy. Smirchy, all right. Uh, Smirchy also did an apartment. Okay, great. 
Great, great, great. Now I got to find him in the. You know, I could just use this handy yeah. dandy search tool. There that you. is interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know that's helpful. All right, I am porting to his primary residence <laughs> and chat room. Uh, just for fun, man. I mean, just check out the. Uh, if you want, guys, have a favorite. Please let us know when we get to voting. I'm really curious what the chat room has to say. If you are watching and you uh, presented a house, please don't vote for yourself. <laughs> okay, now. All right, all right. So we are now in what? And this is in Morrowind. So this is the St. Dalen penthouse. First off, I got to say is... Um, I don't think this is much of a penthouse. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of <laughs> tiny, but okay. All right. So we come in here. Obviously, this is a, a small apartment room. So, I mean, you're doing what you can here. And let's see. We got some zombies hanging up here in either corner. It looks like we've got ourselves an altar to a sacrificial bone cinch. Is that what that is? Is that the cinch mount? Uh, I think... I think so, yeah. The zombie sench or Okay. Alright. But it could be a wolf too. I'm not sure. I'm not See, sure. I'm not I can't remember if it's a sench or, or a wolf at this point, but it's the zombie one. Uh we have I think the easiest way to describe this is if you ever go to uh Glen Umbra and are fighting the the witchmen there, you have these vines with a ram skull mm-hmm. wrapped in them on either side of the altar and of course on the adjacent side is another another zombie that's tied up and kind of and i like the way they're leaning forward <laughs> yeah it's, it's like they're kind of coming for you kind of yeah age. okay good I'm, little I'm, detail good little yeah detail. by I, the I, way daddy dank wants me to tell you that the mount is from crown crates that's exactly right. sure you know it but still <sighs> It doesn't disqualify it. Doesn't disqualify it. I saw. Now, okay. Now, here's a question: Is this imp somebody's, or is this actually part of the uh, house? It's part of decoration. Okay, so the imp is there in front of the altar. Okay, so that must be the stone fire imp. I wasn't sure. We have some branches coming through the ceiling, so this almost makes this like it's an underground tomb, or maybe even the idea of this would be. If it, if these walls weren't here, a forest, uh, a forest altar that you've come across. Okay, um, tell me this, since I'm not really sure, are those red aspects of its feet part of the effects of the mount? Or are they something else? Hmm. Actually, I don't know. I don't have the mounts. I don't. I, don't I think either. so. I think. I so. think they're part of the mount. I think they're part of the mount. Okay. And we got the three candles here in the front. Give it a nice little glow. Um, it's interesting. I like the one other thing that kind of is interesting to me is the fact that there's not a lot of light in this entire room. The only light source that I know of is coming directly from these three candles and the mount itself with the with the feet, giving it that red ghostly aura. So this is uh, if you come up here, you can see that mount, mount's eyes are. Like glowing the same as its feet. Okay, so that must be part of the mount. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right. And I saw it yesterday because every time I try to travel, it crashes. <laughs> Is that where you went? Okay. I, I keep bobbing out. 
Out of uh, curiosity, what is the, uh, you know, I know we said it either has to be an apartment or a cottage. What is the item limit of these things? It's tiny, isn't it? Especially so the apartments are very small. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I guess something like, well, my small house, like Autumn's Gate, has 100. 100 items? So, okay. Yeah. Okay, I got apartments you. Apartments might be even lower, but I'm not sure. Well, I well, guess. Well, you sub and you double it. Yeah. I definitely like the the tree branches coming from the roof. It mm-hmm. it gives that aura of like this is either part of a haunted forest or something you would see in a uh, like the very beginning of like Sleepy Hollow or something like that with you know these big dark branches over overcast over top of yeah. you. So very very nice. All right, all right. Who is our next entry? Next entry is Guinevere. Guinevere. Okay. And uh, shout out to Guinevere as a follow as well. It was really funny because my Twitch alerts went off saying that you followed us on Twitch before we even went live. So thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, it does that. Like if someone follows you or does something while you are offline, uh, it gives you the alert once you launch the OBS after. Oh, okay. Cool. It's Black Wine Villa. Black Vine Villa. Well, it's Aldmari Dominion, so it automatically loses. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> automatically disqualified. It's automatically disqualified. Didn't we put that in the notes? I'm pretty you know, sure we did. <laughs> I must have missed it. Okay. All right. Well, because of that. All right. So, all right. So this must be a small house. Oh, everything's loading in for me. Okay. All right. All right. So. We loaded into this house, and if you don't know where this house is, it's right off of the Bandari Trading Post in, uh, um, oh crud, in Malibal Tour. So it's got a very jungle feel. Now I know the first thing I came into as soon as I walked in, I saw the, oh what is that torture device? The crows, the crows thing that they have for the human. I don't know what it's called. It was a crow's something. Anyway, it's a cage you put humans in and they hang up and the crows eat them. There are two <laughs> mummies in there right off the bat, hanging right off of a chain off of the entrance. Okay. All right. Awesome. I, I like that. <laughs> oh, I like the wagon with the wrapped up bodies. Yes, yes, there is a wagon with two bodies in it as well. Uh, we see a lot of these um, vines with the ram horns all over the place. Those are I like and the pumpkins. That's that's very festive. Uh, we've got oh another crown creep mount. <sighs> Your favorite <laughs> and the zombie horse. I like the zombie. Okay, so we got a couple like caged up scamps and imps here. Scamps. Yeah, there you go. yeah. On the right cool. side of the house, we have the normal imp and the stone fire imp all caged up. That's neat. Now, the other thing you'll notice is they did like these trees, these black trees, which are pretty common. Like that's what I think a lot of people have been using because they're very creepy. Mm-hmm. Line the entire house as well as these big white dead ones. These are new. These are not part of the house. These so these added. black ones oh. are plunder skull treasures. They're the yeah, burnt. Yeah. They're the burnt branches. Okay, they're the burnt branches. Okay, so then we go to the left of the house. We've got ourselves a little ghastly totem here. It's got a little bit of a green corruption around it, as well as multiple skulls and a graveyard. I like it. And of course, more skulls on bikes. 
Okay. What are these graveyard items, though? This is the first time I'm seeing them. They come from the Dark Brotherhood uh, achievements. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. The first one, the smaller ones are 50 kills, and the other one is 100 kills. Nice. Ah, all right. That's good. That's I like good. how they put like this uh, this other tree right here, this, um, this mm. other white dead tree, and it's over top of the of the wall so it's like growing over and it's like it's almost like a skeletal tree hand that's just growing up over this i like that a lot is that built in though like is no that... no no this white tree does not exist here oh. this was added now these yeah. other trees do this tree is different from anything else in in yeah malibal mm -hmm. tour this is awesome they did a very good job yeah, as you see, they're over here again. These long trees. I don't think that tree is natural. I don't. I. I don't. I don't think so. Not sure. I think this was added. Now you got me questioning because it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't quite. No, it can't be because it doesn't quite look like that. Um, Guinevere, pop over to my house and I, I look. <laughs> I know you're. I think Guinevere's in chat. Can you tell us if this house was actually placed? Okay, they are indeed yeah, added. added. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of thinking so because you can kind of see there's a little bit of moss hanging off of it, like this gray lichen stuff, and that's not – it doesn't match any of the other trees, but I wanted to make sure. Okay. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That's very nice. Let's see here. Is there an inside as well? There yeah. is. Okay. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we come inside. Now, this is a small house as per the rules. We got ourselves a Daedric Throne of Skulls right at the end, as well as some treasure chests, which I, I definitely like. Uh, to the Can one I... side. Yeah, go ahead. No, no I, I was trying to look, look the thing. But oh, you're trying to look. Just... <laughs> Steal the stuff. Steal the stuff. To the right of the, or left of the hearth, if, as you're sitting on the throne, right if you're coming into the house, we've got ourselves one of those giant cauldrons with the black stones, and it's full of skeletons and soul gems. All right. As well as a basket of heads. Skulls. I think you missed this one, though. Oh, well, oh, um, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to make my way back around to that one. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really. Oh, you started sure. from the far end side. All right. <clears throat> okay, here's something that's actually kind of fascinating, and I like it for the theme. We've got a scythe and a broom, and then like a frog spear. I don't really know about that one, but the broom and the scythe obviously make me think witch and grim reaper. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Y you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yep. I don't know about the frog spear though. Maybe that just looked cool because it's spiky. That's the only part I'm not really sure about. Like, uh, Guinevere, if you're you're in chat, can you tell us the reason for the frog spear? Because that's the only one that I'm actually kind of curious about. Uh, of course, we have one of the Argonian flags, but I like it because it has that red, almost looks like a bloody hand being drawn down it. Of course, we got some more uh, soul gems, skooma, potions, key... On, on one of the chests. I don't like that this one bottle has Aldmari Dominion on it. I was about to say that as well. <laughs> All right. Now we come to the front, right by the house. We have a very, very gross, but I like it. It's a fish rack that has some dead frogs and fish on it. 
And to the other side of the door, we have a severed head of a hag raven. Very nice touch. <laughs> okay. And as they oh, said, it's just frog. spiky. Yeah, there's frogs on there. Oh, man, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I really do like the, the hag raven head. That is really, really cool. I'm... I, I really like that. Uh, and and she says, or he, she says that um, it was just spiky, so they put it there. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. I, oh. I, I, liked, I liked the theme of the scythe and the broom. That really made, that actually, that I'll tell you right now earned massive bonus points, but the fact that the spiky thing was has no purpose other than it's spiky kind of loses that for me. That you know of, you don't know. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so does voting also- matter or is it host base? You know what? I'm going to let people vote in chat, too. As long All as right. you don't own one of the houses. So it'll it'll be awesome. the host, but we have people asking. We have a lot of people watching. I'm going to let everyone else vote, too. Um, so we've seen the houses that are here, obviously. And so I'm really curious, everyone in chat, I'll give you guys a few minutes to type your vote in, whether or not it is Blood Eye, Smirchy, or uh, Guinevere. So go ahead and vote. Now, obviously the people, if you've done it, I see that Guinevere's in there, and I see that uh, Blood Eye's in there. So you two can't vote. If Smirchy's watching, he can't (laughs) vote either. But uh, everyone else, go ahead and uh, write in your votes. I'll give you a couple minutes from now, uh, two or three minutes. All right, host, what are you guys thinking? Uh, Arkaneer, let's let's let you go first. Why am I going first? Okay, you don't have to go first. Stormlord, me? No, (laughs) you go go first. Why do I have to go first? All right, fine. I'll go first. (laughs) All right. Major pros. Uh, my two favorite houses. Um, I mean, I actually liked all of the entries, obviously. Uh, some of the big things that I liked out of Blood Eyes, she did a lot of work with the blue fronds at the roof. It gave this, it gave it this weird, eerie light that I liked, as well as the braziers hidden under the ground that gave it a very smoky effect. That was really, really cool. The added effect of having the banker, who I thought was a chair, (laughs) be the ghoulish host of this half-crocodile man, this were-croc, was really, really cool. I really, really liked that. That was inventive. That was. That that was very clever. Uh, Smirchies, I love the idea of the imp welcoming you, right? So you got the imp who walks in. He's standing there in front of this altar, and... uh, the house that he picked was already fairly gloomy. So the way that he provided very little light gave it that very, like you dug through a crypt and all of a sudden that's where somebody is. That was really, really cool. Uh, Finally, Guinevere's house was amazing. I love the dead bodies in the front, the imps and everything like that. The things that impressed me the most were the added trees these these especially the one that's hovered over the wall that one gives I don't know how she did that that's amazing massive points there and i was very impressed with the the scythe and the broom because that's very witch and grim reaper 
But the fact that the frog spear isn't representative of anything, I think we could have done without it and it would have been cool. Maybe that was something that, uh, you know, maybe only I looked into, but that, that was kind of my, because you had this theme, Grim Reaper and then Witch Broom and then Frog Spear. And I get it, it's pointy, but that loses a little bit for me for the creativity type thing or the, the theming. I should say creativity. It was very creative. Mm-hmm. But the theming it loses it only because there's no known, like, ghoul that uses a frog spear or anything that you know so that those are kind of my thoughts right off the bat so arc why don't you go now all right um so i'll start with robot's house uh i like how the attention to detail like in i'm currently there as well and there's a skull with a candle on its head and then uh the fact that you know skull in a soup uh obviously the guy you thought was a chair um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's it's a good idea to use your banker like that, in my opinion. And, you know, stuffing crocodile's mouth with meat. So basically, like, um, to me, Robot's House is, has more attention to detail. Mm-hmm. You know, more smaller items, but used in a, you know, creative way. By, right, right. You know, putting meat on the branches and things like that. Yes. Um, I, for, I almost forgot about that. You're yeah. right. The heart <laughs> and stuff spike through the branches. So, um, as for Smurch's house, um, I like how actually Daedric it looks. Like, to me, it, it more than Halloween, it had a more Daedric feeling, like a Daedric altar feeling. Um, you know, something you would take a Daedric quest from in Skyrim, perhaps. It, it had uh, that kind of feeling rather than Halloween, at least to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, as you said, I liked how it looks like an underground tomb with the branches uh, mm-hmm. coming from top side so that was good especially also the added like leaning forward mummies yeah uh, yeah i mean it's a very simple thing making those mummies lean forward but it adds i don't know it it, it makes it a lot different it, i know uh, what you just, mean it made it like they're coming yeah. at you and i know yeah. it's easy to manipulate it that way but i've not mm-hmm. seen anyone else manipulate a body that way so that was very creative yep very creative uh, as for, all right, I'm trying not to butcher this Guinevere. Yeah. Um, well, it's Altmere Dominion House, so I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A bit, loads of points there, but um, I loved the tombs. I didn't even know those tombs existed in the game, but using that small area as, you know, graveyards, that was a good touch. And Hagraven Head. I love that as soon as I entered the actually house. Like, that was the first thing that caught my eye. Um, bonus points for using of the Adric Tron, which I would have liked if there were, like, another hundred of them, because that's what I do with my house. Well, because you have, put, like, a hundred of them. I have 1,200. Like, I have 1,200 Daedric Trons sitting in my bank. <laughs> because they were free. Gotcha. Yeah, me too. I have a bunch of them as well. <laughs> So, um, what else? I, I didn't notice the frogs until you said, but um, that's a good touch. I don't know. Is, is the frogs, like, those the frogs come with that item, or I think they added? I think it's part of that item in particular. Ah, yeah, because okay, okay. there's, like, kelp on it as well. and fit. Mm-hmm. I think if you go to anywhere where there's fishermen in these docks, you'll probably see something similar. 
Hmm, I actually never paid attention to it, but I mean, it would explain, like, uh, you said uh, why the frog spear or whatever, but it would kind of explain, you know, with the frogs there, it explains why there's a frog spear in the house as well. Does it affect the team, perhaps, but does it make sense as well? Well, it does make sense, because yeah. apparently she or he caught some frogs with <laughs> that spear, so... Um, yeah, I okay. think... I think that's that's about it. All right. Well, then, guys, coming down to the voting, which was your what about favorite? storms? So, yeah. Oh. Well, you know, he's gonna sit there and be quiet. No, <laughs> for some odd reason, I thought he was actually gonna. Okay, no, you're right. Storms. So I think I said storms first, and then you guys made me go first, and then I assumed he went. That's right. Um, so let's back up to uh, Robot's house. Okay. I was greatly impressed with the hanging blue branches from the ceiling Mm -hmm. Uh, that really added to it as well as seeing her other house that is a very small number of trees but it worked really well in the room the banker was awesome just phenomenal the way they balanced it with the the meat in the mouth as well as the alligator on top or argonian whatever that is (laughs) (laughs) whatever you never know and then with all the different hearts placed around the room, I think I counted four, right? Placing branches and the bowls. Mm-hmm. So a, a cleaver sticking out of the table. Tremendous theme around a dinner, a macabre dinner party. Yes. So I like that. That was a great way to theme it. Uh, Smirchies, I was impressed because I saw it yesterday. Couldn't see it today. But I saw it yesterday, making sure we could get in. Uh I love the mount where he put it. I love the imp. I love the way he did structure those wrapped bodies the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good use of that small space. Yes. I don't know how he got it as dark as he did, but it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> These houses are not easy to get dark. Yeah. Guinevere, I like the way she tied the outside to the inside. Um, yeah. I also like the way she used different items not necessarily uh daedric or scary items like the frogs and tied that together with everything else yeah mm-hmm. you're right it's creative use of the the craglorn skull uh of the the morrowind hand above the fireplace tremendous use of creativity of tying this all together hmm you know, That's my thought. I, you know, it, it's it's interesting because I saw the Morrowind hand, and honestly, I just was like, "Oh, that was just like a leftover." I I didn't even really think about it in that in that mind. So I guess that's kind of where I guess we differ on that. Is I felt like the hand was almost out of place, but maybe hmm. I wasn't getting the theme. And she's got a good point. She's the only one with pumpkins. No, uh, no, robot had pumpkins. Ro- Did robot pumpkins? had a pumpkin I too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see. I, yeah. I didn't see those pumpkins. Yeah, it was right by the edge of the table. There was a skull that uh, their head was stuck on it. Remember, like there, oh, there was a okay. pumpkin, was and then there was a skull light on top of it. So, oh, all right. I was yeah. busy looking at other stuff. I was busy yeah. being looking at everything else. There, there was a lot to take in at. Um, at Robot's house. A, uh, again, a very small space. Very well done with the amount of items you can fit into a, an apartment. Right. Yes. Yeah, that is definitely something to take into effect. The smaller ones, that's the one thing, uh, you know, 
as impressive as Gwenevere's was, she went with the small house, and that automatically had a higher item count. Mm-hmm. So I think by by nature of that, uh, my level of expectation is a little higher for her, only because she had more to work with, right? And remember, there are there are actually categories. One is the house. Yeah. The other category is the apartment. So the prizes are awarded uh, in that ca- in those categories. Right, right. So there we go. All right, guys. Um, I guess at this point we each vote on which was our favorite, and I'll tally that with the votes we got from Twitch, and we'll see who wins. So Arkaneer, hmm. you get to go first. Well, I, I was still. I'm torn between actually robots and Gwynifiers because robot, in my opinion, had more attention to detail. And as you guys said, you know, made the best of the small apartment. Mm-hmm. But I also like the exterior of Gwynifiers house because it does look like, you know, I mean, we don't do it here, but, uh, you know, I see it in movies or nine gig or whatever. Um, you know, people do Halloween decorations on their gardens out there in US and it does look like uh, a family actually sat down and made some Halloween decorations to their house you know um, so I like that as well right um, but I'll I'll go with robot just because I feel like you know th- there, there are more attention to detail and it feels like it took a lot more effort to you know get those branches right there uh, meats on the branches right there or you know right. placing everything everything all those small items like that i feel like that um right that you know requires some serious effort at least in my housing experience so far and i love the you know the creep more the creepiness of it like it actually looked like it was a well a creepy whatever feast i forgot the name macabre feast yes macabre yeah yeah which yeah so yes yeah i'm 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 voting for robot okay uh storms what about you? So I really like robots. I just, after doing my own house, I've been very impressed with Guinevere's with the amount of what she's done with this space she had to use because there's, there's actually a lot of space in these small houses. And to make them look the way it is, I'm going to go ahead and go with Guinevere. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. That is That is kind of the thing. When you have the larger house, you need to make more of it filled in like i liked a lot of the stuff she added definitely for the inside but you could definitely feel like the inside was you know maybe could have used a little more now for me uh of the three i was impressed with everybody i i really was with what everyone had done uh robot obviously spent tons of time and probably tons of money because i know you can't craft those items so she probably bought each one of those plants um i know she did because she was telling me how much she spent on all those plants (laughs) albeit i don't really feel too bad and that should not weigh in on any of this because she told me she was buying those before the Halloween contest was announced. So that was kind of on her own. So, no, sorry. You don't get points for that. Um, oh, overall, like, and I really love the theme. Like I said, that witch. I, I still can't get by the, 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 the scythe and the, um, and the broom. 
I just, it loses so much for me for Gwen when with the frog spear. I get it. Some people are like, yeah, it's not a big deal. But for me, because of the theme, I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. And then, like, the the frog spear just doesn't fit and just kind of ruins the theme for me. So that kind of loses some points. But I am very, very excited about those trees. Like, they just did so good with those trees. Um, Smirchy. I really love what he did with What a Small Space. Um, and honestly, I'm, I was leaning towards Smirchy, to be honest, because I really liked what he had done with the imp and everything in front of it. Um, but I just see, and here's the thing I'd be really curious about if he was at item cap or not, I feel like he could have just used a little Mm. bit more in that place. Right. Cause we saw what robot did. Now I know she's ESO plus, so I know she gets the double, um, I don't know if Smirchy is. Trees. Yeah. I I don't know how much those trees are either. So I'm curious if he was at item cap. If he wasn't at item cap, I really feel like he could have used a little more. That's the only thing that prevents him from getting my vote for the favorite. I, I honestly think that was the only thing. It just felt like it needed something more. But the zombies coming, like almost coming, lurching forward towards you was probably one of the more creative um, uses of, I guess, geometry, um, and not so much with items, right? I really thought that was really, really cool, how he how he was able to portray them coming forward with not adding a whole bunch of fluff. But uh, I just feel like the house was a little lacking overall, so uh, I think I'm still going to have to give it to uh robot as well she she really worked hard on that house like and the theme itself that's the other thing like with gwen like i love the theme and then it broke but (laughs) uh robot kept her theme all the way through um so you know that was something that was really cool and i see robot in in chat says i was four items below cap so (laughs) yeah she really went yeah that looked like it (laughs) so i mean at this point, given the we had three votes for uh, Blood Eye in Twitch and two for Gwen, uh, so it looks like Blood Eye is the all-time winner. Ew. It appears so. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations! Well, uh, <laughs> but I think we only have three people, so everyone gets a prize, don't they? Everybody gets a prize. Everyone gets a prize. Okay. And now I'm going to hijack the show, and you're going to see my house. Oh, all right, <laughs> all right. But I can't win, so that's okay. Okay. All right. So we're going to go look at that. We're going to go look at we this house. Are. I'm, I'm kind of scared here. Okay, so you got the same house as... as. Uh, it's Autumn's Gate. It should be. Oh, okay. You're in black. Okay, so I'm visiting your primary residence. Yes. So, yeah, definitely congratulations to everyone. Everyone's getting a prize anyway. Uh, but you all did fantastic. Like, I amazing work. And like I said... Uh, of everyone, you know, for maybe a next contest, keep that in mind. Uh, you know, Smirchy did a fantastic job. I think he could have just added a few more items if he wasn't already at cap. And uh, uh, Gwen was was so close to having my permanent vote, but she <laughs> lost me with the frog spear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know it sounds nitpicky, but that's what these contests are for, everybody right? Did I mean, great, yeah, everybody did a phenomenal job. Excellent. All right, so we got a guillotine, and you have an actual uh, one of the uh, 
the the soul torn soul shriven yep. sitting here in the guillotine. I didn't okay. even know we could get a guillotine in this game. Yeah, way rest. <laughs> <laughs> I had to see if it would fit in the house, right? Did it fit the size of the house? Mm. Wow. I love the guillotine, <laughs> but where'd you get the soul shriven? You can get it from the uh, the purchase tab in the uh, housing editor. Oh, okay. All right. Wait, right. what? There's a purchase tab? Yes. <laughs> there is a so purchase tab. That I used it. <laughs> I so love how the Shirwin is like floating, though, to make his head. Get That's it. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it a lot. So no, that was that's really awesome. We got the graveyard over here. Uh, I really like, but the guillotine with the guy in it—that's that's a win. Oh wait, 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 what we got here? We got one of the the Malibreth, uh bust hanging off the wall. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Look at these sneaky imps, though. Like I didn't see them at first. Wait, Especially like this one. He's, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there are imps there. Oh, I just like the the skeleton chained to the wall. All right. Nice. There's a skeleton. Oh. <laughs> uh, whoa. Okay. Oh wow. This is. Right. Oh, there's blood coming out of Molig Ball's mouth. How did you do that? Uh, purchase tab. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got the <laughs> the uh, the merchant. Yep. Laying on the sacrificial table, and I love the fact that she's moving around, so it makes it look <laughs> like she's writhing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's happy. Uh, like she, she doesn't care. She's being. She kidding, doesn't care. She's, there she, you go. she's down with it. Oh. She had some skooma. <laughs> As my cat knocks my. Uh, my, my camera off because that's what she does oh i'm so glad to have you back for those who don't know she kind of disappeared for a little while i thought i lost oh. her and uh no she's back and now she's making oh, trouble <laughs> i don't know oh and look at all this stuff hanging off the wall we got all oh, the flesh atronach on the wall mummies on the wall Another coffin with a skull in it. I love the mist in this room that you got. How'd you do the mist? Take a guess. Purchase tab. Purchase tab. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at these skulls. You can actually pile them up and then scatter them back. Oh, that's awesome. Purchase tab. Now, is is this with gold? Like... Did you do it with gold or is this with with crown stuff? Did you buy them? Uh, some of it's crown stuff. Okay. Some of it's gold. Let's go up. All right. Yeah. Automatically lost. Disqualified. It was disqualified. No, that, Dude, the inside I mean, is... is awesome. That is actually probably one of my favorites that I've seen. Too bad you can't win. I know, right? Too bad. This is more of a like torture chamber than a you know Halloween <laughs> theme thing, though. This is like. And we this have is where a cult ki- kidnaps you and tortures you. We have a naked Bosmer dancing red guard. Yep, I noticed that. I noticed that. You missed. I uh, I love that daddy. <laughs> He's looking the other way. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, more naked Nords. I like it. Oh, can I do dance red guard? But see, I'm. I'm... You can. You should be able to. As a ghoul, yeah, I can't take off my as armor. As a ghoul, <laughs> I like it. 
I like See, it. This went from this went from being creepy to something whole just about creepy, <laughs> just plain creepy. Yeah, we really creeped everyone out. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is our contest. So congratulations to everybody because everybody's getting something. Uh, but thank you for everyone who entered, and uh, you guys all did great. Absolutely awesome amazing. Job. All right, uh, Ark. Yeah. We got uh, we've got some emails to go over as well as some lore stuff here in the second half of the show. So that is what we are going to do. I am going to read the emails first out of order of the lore book only because there was a really good email in there uh, that that talked about sermon fourteen and actually added something I didn't even think about. So. We're gonna. We are going to talk about that. So let me go ahead and pull that information up now. All right. So the first email we've got is from Jonathan. A. So he has some a long way to questions. Hi, Ark and Ag. Hope you guys are doing well. And and these questions I commented a few weeks back uh, that I would send. Number one, in the next DLC, Clockwork City, we have a recurring character from Marwin make an appearance. Uh, Divith Ur. Divith Fur, Fur, yeah. Since I've never played the original, I decided to go back and do some research and found out his character profile on the ESO website that he was a bit of a wild temperament, but on the Elder Scrolls wiki, it says that he was a caretaker in the quarantine zone in Morrowind when the plague was running rampant and was actively searching for a cure to save lives, uh, which doesn't seem to quite add up to someone or for me, for someone who is interpreted as a bit crazy. What are your opinions on this character? Ark, you recently streamed and found this guy. You were doing quests for him in Morrowind, weren't you? Yeah. Um, So I can say, I can tell that uh, the the statement that he has a bit of a wild temperament is true. I mean, he's a Dunmer. He's a Telvanni, if I remember correctly. Um, He's a a Telvanni wizard, actually. Yeah, it gives him that, you know, classic arrogance of Talvani Dunmers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does have a wild temperament, but he does also have uh, a quarantine zone, like, in his tower. Under his tower, he has, um, I don't know what it's called, but, like, an asylum for those who are, you know, diseased with the corpus disease. And mm-hmm. he's kind of trying to make them comfortable or whatever. He's actually protecting them as well. Like, if you attack them, uh, his warden will actually attack you as well. So, I guess he's both wild temperament and um, caretaker. Although, I don't know, like, I didn't talk with him all too much. So, it is part, maybe he has some other agenda by taking care of those people. Um, like a research of his own or whatever. But it does look like the both statements are true. Like he's both a caretaker and a wild temperament, tempered guy. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I've seen in, in yet another YouTube video with an interesting theory, but this one is with the forgotten hero from the Elder Scrolls Legends. They suggest since other Elder Scrolls games encourage you in character creation to be a certain race, i.e. Nord, when you play Skyrim and uh, Dark Elf, when you play Morrowind, this series is since ES Legends seems to suggest you are for you to be a Red Guard when you create the profile that is possibly made uh, that it 
This possibly may mean that the Forgotten Hero may indeed be the Ebony Warrior from Skyrim as he would be alive at that time. What do you guys think? Actually, I'm not sure. Like, I did watch a video about the possible identity of the Ebony Warrior. Um, this was a long time ago, though. It suggested that the Ebony Warrior could be the you know reincarnation of... I don't remember the name. A Red Guard God. Like a warrior Red Guard um, deity. Hunding? Was it Hunding? I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll be able to remember the name because this was this was a very long time ago. Right. But I remember reading something like that. And considering that ES Legends probably wasn't planned when wasn't even planned when, you know, Skyrim was a thing. Um I don't think that's that that would be the case, you know, uh, the forgotten hero being the Ebony Warrior. Yeah, I I have uh, I have a hard time getting that as well. Storms, if you have any suggestions or anything like that, you can pop in. But I didn't know what your what your level was, so you feel free to answer if you know anything. I know nothing. Okay, <laughs> Sergeant right. Schultz. Um, to be a hundred percent honest, I. See, I don't even get where you would be a red guard in that one with the unknown. Because here's the thing. They they kind of, that idea of forgotten hero happened in Elder Scrolls 1 as well. Like, you were mm-hmm. the unknown prisoner. Like, that's how they announced you, you know. Um, and you could have been any race at that point. They didn't, in Arena, they didn't really align you with anything. Because it was like, yeah. So I don't know. I, I and I didn't quite get that um I didn't quite get that impression when I played because I feel like I was able to choose pretty quickly about what I was gonna be. Um so I don't know, maybe that's just my thought. Yeah. So possibly. I mean I didn't play ES Legends all that much and I didn't actually pay attention to the like selection part of it. Until I read this mail, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the, 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 what I know about Ebony Warrior is that, at least as a theory, that he might be the reincarnation of that warrior Redguard deity. Yeah. With my previous question from an email before, Ag, you said you would uh, rather prefer more skill lines added than new classes, and I completely agree. What type of skill lines would you like to see? Uh, would you want to add to your favorite class the sex... I mean Templar. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, honestly, I would love to actually see something more along the lines of a, a spear line. I know some a lot of people have mentioned a spear line um, for a weapon skill, to be honest. That was something I really, really love. And necromancy. I mean, I personally wouldn't use it on my Templar, but I would love to see necromancy as a skill or possibly when spellcrafting comes out, because here is the big thing. When spellcrafting comes out, um, will we see something along the lines of the old original skills like alteration, conjuration, that those things I would love. I would love for them to bring those back. That's no, see that I have an opinion about. That I would definitely like. The one thing I liked about Skyrim was the ability to then follow the path you want with your skills. Yes. And your spellcrafting. Yeah. Isn't is is spellcrafting still a thing though? Wasn't that shelved? 
No, it was backburnered, but because you know that was um, oh. What what was his face? I cannot remember Nick his Conkle. name. Nick Conkle. Thank you. That was kind of his project. But when he went over yeah. to Riot, that kind of got backburnered. But several times they've said that is still a thing. And I imagine... Well, I hope so. I imagine when this is going to happen is that that is going to be something we'll see uh, with a chapter, our expansion, as most everyone yeah. calls it. Because like they added in Battlegrounds for this uh for this one they'll probably have to add some other big feature and i'm thinking spellcraft it, we're not going to see it in a small patch it's definitely going yeah. to be a chapter we may see that's spellcraft that's the rumor in. i heard the next chapter will have spellcraft in it i i could believe it cuz at least that's something that they've said they've worked on like they told us they were working on battlegrounds a long time ago too so I don't think we're going to get something random. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get that as a as a a skill event. Like in my eyes, I see the next chapter having a transmogrification system as the bonus, kind of like battlegrounds, and then spellcrafting instead of the warden as the new class. That's that's my my prediction. Work. All right, let me pull up the next next question here. We got a couple of them to go through. Uh, I love the Dark Brotherhood in the Elder Scrolls Legends. The sanctuary is destroyed in ESO. A member bet- uh, betrays in Oblivion. Um, Matthew infiltrates and tries to destroy it from within due to them killing his family. Astra betrays Skyrim. I didn't play Morrowind, so I don't know uh, how it went for them there, but I'm guessing there's a lot of betrayal. Yeah. The question is, are there always doomed to fail as an organization because of the lack of loyalty to the Brotherhood and the Night Mother, or do you think they will ever reach their former glory? Your fate in Cities upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that's acceptable. Um, that's an acceptable response. Um, to be honest, I think that's kind of... I mean. It fits for me because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you're a bunch of cutthroat murders. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. You don't have a lot of scruples one way or the other. I don't know if that's necessarily a negative thing, guys. Like, is that really a negative thing? No. Um, <laughs> no I'm, here's, here's the thing. I don't know if they know where to take the story to be compelling without some sort of betrayal. That's possible too, yeah. You know, like I mean, really, they have to. In order to make it a, a hero thing, they have to make it some sort of tragedy. But what kind of tragedy mm-hmm. would there really be? I, well, I mean, I guess I think they're being kind of lazy. They could they could have done something in several stories. They could have done something like when they outlawed the Dark Brotherhood and they were hunting them down. I don't know why they couldn't do that, but anyway. I guess. I mean, I loved Oblivion's Dark Brother. Like, Oblivion's Dark Brotherhood is one of the main reasons Oblivion is my favorite favorite Elder Scrolls because it has a serious plot twist. Like, that... Yeah. It was one of the most upsetting moments in my gaming life. But as for lore, like... Um, as for an answer to the question, like, is it always doomed to fail as an organization because of the lack of loyalty to Brotherhood and Night Mother? I guess there are two different kind of members in um, Dark Brotherhood. One are actually 
like fanatics like Cicero or um, you know just Lucien Lachance who are actually um, faithful or loyal to Cetus and the Night Mother. Then there are the cutthroats, as you would say, that are in it for the money. Um, and Dark Brotherhood doesn't really differentiate these two when they are hiring someone. Like they don't go, okay, um, are you loyal to the Night Mother? You, that's not the question you get asked. Uh, they, they ask, okay, can you kill people in cold blood? So I guess because they don't really look for loyalty when they are hiring in someone into the sanctuary, um, I guess in the long term that backfires most of the time. That might be a reason. Yeah. yeah. That's, I don't know, it's kind of my thought. I mean, that's the former glory of the Dark Brotherhood at this point, especially like when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, because right now they're almost point to point of extinction. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't I think it's going to be more of a rebuilding cuz that's kind of where they left you off. So it depends on how far in the future we jump with Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah, I think yep. they're going to bring one back. It's just a question of how they do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next question. We have we have lots of questions. This is why <laughs> this is pretty much what this episode is. Um what do you guys think of possible having a content DLC all about the Mayor and their homeland of Pydonia with and what their culture's like. I'm ga- I'm gathering you might like the Mamir due to them despising high elves and repeatedly invading Somerset Isles. I do love the Mamir elves, <laughs> but um See, I don't know how I feel about this only because I feel like that should be something Bethesda does. Yeah. And not Zenimax, because I know they work together and they have the lore people, but at the same time, I feel like it should be the official Elder Scrolls, like the single players that really uh, depict it first before ESO mm-hmm. gets its claws in it, because we've already seen ESO break break lore several times. Um, whether it be their crown store, avarice, you know, I don't, just a bunch of stuff. Like they're breaking lore with crown store mounts constantly. I, I really don't want them to, to have free reign on something that, um, that, that yeah. Bethesda hasn't done. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, at some point being an MMORPG, you have to, break the lore or you might end up having to break the lore uh to fit the gameplay or you know to balance things or whatever but um yeah i agree i don't think zenimax would bring something new like something that wasn't in the series before mm-hmm. um into the play like that in a major way um, i don't think they should either yeah yeah i mean maybe if potentially you know i'll with when Elder Scrolls Six comes out and it includes Mayor Mayor and their homeland, maybe then Zenimax would also drop a content DLC about it as well. I don't know, but yeah, I don't think they will do it before Bethesda. Oh, yeah, they still have so much of Tamriel to do. So mm-hmm. I don't think you'll see uh, Six until ESL starts to fall apart. I also Possibly. agree with that. Possibly. And. Yeah. You know, as much as, yeah, that might put a damper on that theory, I just don't think Zoss could do it well enough. I agree. I, I don't. I just, I don't. 
mostly because we don't know much about it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and as as I see Don Cakes in chat says, they still have several hundred Skyrim announcements before Elder Scrolls Six begins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Elder Scrolls Six untrue Six's release depends on Zenima, uh, I mean, ESO's failure, then maybe we should work towards that. <laughs> I want my Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, it well, we've already discussed this multiple times, but it's kind of like why in creation would they want to, you know move people away because so many of the people who play these games are diehard fans of the single player series so i could tell you what the the day that that game comes out these servers are going to be ghost lands oh yeah i'm, I'm not logging it yeah like they're <laughs> no, just all. they're gonna be ghost lands. that's what's gonna happen and i'm sure zenimax and especially uh zenimax online media not studios media the umbrella company of of Bethesda and Zenimax does not want to see one of their games taking a hit for another. They're going to milk this until they can't get anything else out of it. And then they'll, they'll look at their next cash cow, which will be Elder Scrolls six. See, I, I want Elder Scrolls online to go on for the next 10 years. But when you say this, I feel like, okay, this game can die next year. <laughs> yeah. I put it to bed now. Well, let me let me put it like this: the average lifespan of an I shouldn't say average lifespan because that's the the expected lifespan of an MMO is ten years, right? Mm, After ten years, people start seeing the age and they start moving on. Because also, technology advances a lot in that mm-hmm. amount of time. So, after about ten years, that's when things start. You know, they start doing spin-offs and things of that nature. I mean, uh, Guild Wars was close to 10 years when it did Guild Wars 2. WoW is one of the few exceptions. Uh, alt- I should say Ultima Online is to Some of the older ones that didn't really move anywhere. But a lot of MMOs after about that time, 10 years, is pretty much what the market share is for MMOs. After that, people kind of like, okay, I've kind of had enough of this, and they move on. Uh, except for a few diehards. This game's already coming up on five years. Mm-hmm. We are. Like, uh, in April it's, of this year, it's five years. Oh, man. This game really? is, Wait, it's four years. Is it four or five? five. I, th- I think four. it's five. It's, it was 2014. 2014? Okay, four years. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, I feel like it's longer. I, I Maybe it's just because I was playing longer. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you so, were playing the alpha, that's why. Yeah, uh, four years. So, you know, almost halfway through it's accepted lifespan uh, arguably um so yeah and as don cake says they spent 200 million developing this they will mil- milk it dry yes yep. yes they will they <laughs> most definitely will uh, okay uh final question uh i've been leveling my dark elf pet sork solely for pve content i'm sorry it's just the class i've played since you know, starting, so don't judge. Uh, and in Deshaun, you fight the Malborn and find out at the end that the only reason why the leader unleashed her plague was for vengeance against the tribunal for murdering her son uh, by Amalex. And I actually started to sympathize with her. Wh- and what I want to ask is 
Is there any quest in ESO that made you feel like you could sympathize with the supposed bad guy or particular quests that forced you to make a decision you were unsure about? Oh my goodness, so many. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, finally, P.S. Uh, on a previous episode, you mentioned a Facebook group for Xbox players and I found or joined and found a fantastic guild, the Sacrificial Warriors, so shout out to them. So there's your shout out, John. Thank you so much for your email. Ark yeah has there been a quest that you felt bad and there there are a lot but the first thing that came to my mind now it's been a while since i did the main storyline of ebon arc pact with you know uh king yogurn and whatnot yeah yeah. it was yorn right yeah yorn and his brother at some point felt like you know he was right to a point like he was right yorn not being fierce enough he was right Yoren being kind of soft uh, to actually win this three alliance war. Yeah. Because that's what I feel about Yoren as well. I mean, yeah, he's a Nord. Yeah, he can use an axe, whatever. But between the other leaders, well, I mean, Queen Iran is ultimate, just never mind that. But between High King Emmerich and King Yoren, I always favored High King Emmerich because he was, he was more like a leader. You know, he was more battle ready. He was more ready to do what's necessary than Yorin. At least that's what I felt. And um, that's why I kind of felt like, you know, Yorin's brother was actually right when we put him down. Right. At the, in, in, in the... In East March. Was, was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No. Uh, Storms, how about you? Do you have any that you thought of? Well, funny enough, he brought that one up, or she brought that one up. That's exactly the same one I was thinking of as they started. That's the one that I felt really like I wanted to side with the mom. Yeah, yeah. I, I really did. That was a, it. Was a tough choice. Uh, there's a lot of them, like you said. There's a lot of ESL that has those built in, and it, the way they can pull that emotional, it, it's really good. Uh, for me, obviously, first one and always that comes to mind was the Bella Quest line in Stone Falls, uh, with the woman who wanted to find the body of her of her lover who then turned out to spurn her in the first place and didn't really want anything to do with her uh and it was all just a cruel joke that him and his wife actually had like he was married he was happily married and uh they were just playing a cruel joke trying to get the hopes up of some poor girl uh that one didn't really leave me with a feeling for the bad guy so much as you know just having that emotional tug a uh, feeling for the bad guy would be most definitely the Orsinium quest line. Like I really sympathize with what King Kurog was doing, uh, despite uh, what happened. You know, like his methods and all that. Like I know, like the worship of Trinimac from just like the metagaming perspective. You know of what happened. That he's you know he's not really there. It's Malakath now. But mm-hmm. I saw what King Kurog was trying to do. And it made sense. He had all these squabbling chiefs. The easiest way is just kill them all, right? <laughs> that was one way. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not the most morally acceptable, but, I mean, it would have been effective. He then no longer would have had quite the opposition to the rule that he was trying to, you know, do and, and trying to create this strong uh, orcish nation. And in the end, the other guy ended up, you know, more or less saying, you know what? I'm I'm gonna uh, you know follow in his footsteps anyway, like not to kill the, not to kill everyone, but 
like he recognized his dream and it was going to try to make it fulfill anyway. So uh, that was those are those are my two right off the bat that I that I can think of. All right, uh, our last email. This one was a fun one. Um, okay, I encourage you to read this when you get it and decide whether to read it on the podcast or not. Up to you. I already read it, so it's awesome. Uh, first, let me apologize for my name pronunciation. This is one of our uh, Twitch watchers, and I always mispronounce her name, so it's Iga Sugami. Iga Sugami. Yep, we, we see her a lot. Uh, I'm an American woman. I just love Japanese, and this has been my at username for years now. So apologize for making me try to butcher that. So I figured it was about time I write because I wanted to say how grateful I am for your podcast. Uh, I've been listening now for several months on my commute. I feel it helps me to uh, helps me to get to live vicariously as I don't get as much time to play these days. I always lament the fact that when I do get to play, it's, it's just not to spend time reading all the in-game books as I would love to. So your lore information is invaluable to me, so thank you so much. Um, also, I think it's awesome to be listening to such a nerdy podcast done by a fellow Christian. I'm Orthodox myself and I play ESO with my fellow parishioners. That's actually really cool. I actually really like that. I've been playing ESO, uh, since it was in beta and still my favorite. Uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, that, you know, something like that, you know, religion is something that is important to you as it is to me. And, uh, it's really cool that you're able to work with your parishioners and, and have this kind of a fellowship while playing a game that you enjoy. And of course, you know, I try to bring what, uh, my, my beliefs, my thoughts and everything like that into what I do. So it's, it's really cool to be recognized with that. So appreciate that. I really, it, that, that meant a lot to me when I read that. So I really do appreciate that. Uh, I'm finally writing because given the last sermon, 14 of 36 Lessons of Avec, I just wanted to note that it's easy to take such a sermon at face value rather than uh, as rather adult-oriented content, though I do like its descriptive nature of the duality of male versus female. As Vivek is both, and in the beginning as female, the imagery is more caring, whereas later... As male, the imagery is more violent. Not to say that all men are such, but ancient texts tend uh, toward that kind of polarization, right? Okay, so this is what I really wanted to talk about here with the 36 Lessons of Vivek and Sermon 14. Uh, You are correct. And I apologize for last week because I think I skipped ahead of a lot of stuff that I probably should have went over. Uh, I just wasn't feeling super well. So we cut the show fairly short anyway. Um, Why I didn't even read emails last week. I do agree. And it was actually something that is super fascinating. Yes, we are seeing this, this, you know, I guess you'll say the adult-oriented content from 14 because Molag Ball has just uh, finished... I guess procreating at this point with the body of Vivek, right? And and as you said, he is showing that duality of male and female because he is a hermaphrodite. He's both male and female. So he is nurturing. He does take Moleg Ball as a lover in the beginning. Very much so. Takes him as a lover. 
and you know obviously says that he is beautiful i honestly don't know what he's seeing but beauty is always in the eye of the beholder (laughs) right (laughs) um yeah eye of the beholder but you're right the there is a difference there is that the warrior poet right his his one of his monikers warrior poet does imply that he does indeed he is a warrior not just a poet you know the poet being the more gentle side but a warrior is someone who is fierce and willing to stand up and at that point when you know mole at the end of his pomegranate banquet um he slaughters his children like that is something that he does do and in later sermons we will see that the offspring that he and Moleg Ball had, he sees as being um, evil in his eyes and needing to be slain in order to, I guess at this point, A, show strength of the Dunmer because they were there to challenge the Dunmer and he needed to you know, set that right. So even he at some point realizes that what he has done was not correct right? Like what he had done with Moleg Ball and the offspring that he had, um, that he had bore now is causing havoc in the world and needs to be destroyed. So, yeah, I like that you brought that up. There is that duality throughout the entire thing that, you know, he's both male and female and you're right. Males generally are more aggressive. Um, I don't know if that's in our physiology or whatnot, but I mean, that's kind of how I am. I'm I I tend to be more <laughs> more aggressive, you know, right? Than and female counterparts. I don't know about you two gentlemen, but uh I can definitely say my wife is is definitely the more softy of the two of us. <laughs> um <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yes, that's that's one way of putting it. Yes. Um I can actually even see it in my son at this point where my son tends to I mean, he's a sweetheart just through and through, but he is, he is not above, you know, wrestling around to get what he wants. Like that is first and foremost, he's ready to roll. And, uh, I, I was actually really excited I mean, Baron, about that. Baron Dalton says, you know, simply testosterone, yeah. which is, well, which makes sense chemically. It does. I mean, technically speaking, even testosterone, like when they give it as a supplement, one of the side effects mm-hmm. is, you know, that increased aggression. Ra- aggression. Yeah, yeah. The rage that comes along with it. You're right. Testosterone is one of those things that that does affect. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's very true. Very, very true. Um, let's see here. There's more to this email. Anyway, aside from that, I want to ask, there are many books in particular, uh, books that pertain to a particular person or event but there are also lots of random standalone stories that contain things like poems or songs or something. Could you, could you pick your top random standalone in-game books to read on the podcast? Uh, yes, I will definitely yeah. do that at some point after 36 lessons. I'm actually specifically thinking of one in particular, and I, I've talked about this on Tales before. It was a series of notes um the the problem with a lot of the standalone ones are they pertain to the the zone they're in especially the poems and the notes and what is happening in those areas right so mm-hmm. like reading one of these one of these things it 
is very out of context unless you are in the area. Uh, specifically in North Point, there is a series of diaries that diary pages that you can read, and they all revolve around a woman, uh, you know, finding a mysterious stranger coming out of of the ocean, and her talking about leaving her husband for this for this strange wanderer. Only after doing the quest and stuff like that do you actually find that it was a vampire who was coming out of the water and that she eventually is killed and turned. So like you lose a lot of the context reading it just by itself without seeing the accompanying quest. So um, I will definitely, like I said, I'll do my, I have a couple books that I really want to read here in the future. So I will be reading them after 36 lessons, but we do have a lot to go over still <laughs> so another half a year pretty much i, I that's not <laughs> necessarily good. saying They're i may good. yeah I, I love 36 lessons it's one of my favorite <laughs> i may actually interweave at some point maybe on a week that we don't have a lot of news or anything of that nature we'll uh we'll we'll do, read multiple we'll segments. read multiple yeah that might actually be a nice filler like a, a nice long segment just to do more lore books because that is that's definitely something that we can do. The content is readily there, and uh, it, it doesn't take a lot to, to add in. So we'll definitely look into that. Because um, I, I do feel like 36, uh, another 16 weeks or something. No, it's longer than that, isn't it? It's like 26 weeks. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, of 36 lessons is a long time till we get to another book. So I may interweave some things in there. So, uh, let's see. Finally, as a computer geek, I am wondering what kind of build you have being able to stream ESO with good graphics and have it look so smooth and beautiful. Plus your stream and own video sound at the same time, as well as discord. Um, you know what? Let's find out. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. Cause it's been, it's been like six years since I built this machine. So I've just run my my dialogue here. So I am running uh, Windows 10, obviously. Uh, I'm running an Intel Core i5 2500. Uh, so that's not a whole lot. Running 16 gigs of RAM, and my my card is an AMD Radeon HD 6900 series. That is currently what I'm running. Now, this is fairly old. Like I said, I built this PC five or six years ago. Now, it was kind of top of the line at the time because, you know, I wasn't married at that point, uh, didn't have a kid, so I had a lot more disposable (laughs) income than I do now. Um, So when I bought this, it was, you know, top of benchmark checks, right? Now it's, it's... what would be considered a nice baseline gaming PC, not necessarily, um, you know, just a, not a high end, but it would probably be middle of the road. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, uh, let's see here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I gotta take a drink here. Um, she has to shamelessly plug an album that just came out, which I actually listened to my neighbor and I both being fans of, Fantasy and Symphonic Metal put a concert album together. It's called The Journey, and the band is called Roots of Eternity. 
So um, I'll actually have a link in our Discord at some point. I did listen to this, and it actually is fantastic. So, um, yeah. I thought it was awesome that she wrote this awesome email. I listened to it. It is really cool. Thanks again to both Ag and Ark, and I hope you guys get to, I hope to get to continue listening for a long time to come. Well, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you uh, listening to our show. Like, Ark, I mean, we're 158 <laughs> episodes in, man. 150, 158 episodes in. That's more than three years. That is more than three years. <laughs> yes, it's definitely more than. Three I mean, that's years. that's a year just for me. Like, it's been a year since I came on the show. And yeah, and you came on at what <laughs> fifty, fifty-five, or something like that. Somewhere along those lines, I think you guessed it a few times before. I, I was with hundred and I hundred and eight was the Sentiate episode that I remember. Hundred eight. Okay, you're right. Fifty episodes would be a year. You're yeah. right. I'm, why am I thinking that was before that? But maybe you're. No, I you're right. Episode the, like, occasional guest host. But... Yes, episode fifty was when we had. Uh, I believe Nate was officially started with us at that point, and Avi and Esteldian were on until yeah. about level or level episode one hundred. <laughs> so you're right. Yep. You're right. You came after Esteldian left. So, um, yeah, you're right. You'd been about a year. That means I've been at this for at least three, three years. Um, actually I can tell you for a fact, it was January, the week of January 20th, uh, 2014 when we started tales of Tamriel. Uh, so the game was still in beta at that point. Yeah. We're almost four years old at this point. DCN as a, as a group has been around for about four years, which is pretty amazing (laughs) to me. And it's honestly because of all of you awesome people. I mean, all of you in our guilds and everything like that, the the people in our Discord, you guys are the ones who keep us coming back every week because it's awesome to be able to do this show for you. If if we did the show and no one listened, I can tell you we wouldn't have made it this far. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't have been worth the time, the effort. Yeah. But the fact so many of you have been listening and enjoying is is just amazing to me so we really appreciate that we really do (sighs) okay guys um let's see excuse me emails are done but that means i gotta do 36 lessons that's right all right (laughs) 36 lessons of avec sermon 15 awesome these were the days of Restania when the Chimer and the Dwemer lived under the wise and benevolent rule of the Alm Sylvie and their champion, the Hortator. When the gods of Veloth would retreat unto their own to mold the cosmos and other matters, the Hortator would at times become confused. Vivek would always be there to advise him, and this is the third of the three lessons of Ruling Kings. The Ruling King will remove me, his maker. This is the way of all children. His greatest enemy is Sharmat, who is the false dreamer. Who you or he is the shingle hortator. Beware the wrong walking path. Beware the crime of benevolence. Behold him by his words. I am the Sharmat. I am older than music. What I bring is light. What I bring is a star. What I bring is an ancient sea. When you sleep, you see me dancing at the core. 
It is not a blight. It is my house. I put a star into the world's mouth to murder it. Tear down the pylons. My blind fish swim in the new. Tear down the pylons. My deaf moons sing and burn and orbit me. I am older than music. What I bring is light. What I bring is a star. What I bring is an ancient sea. You alone, though you come again and again, can unmake him. Whether I allow it is within my wisdom. Go unarmed into his den with these words of power. I gartok parahum kaim ea altadun. Or do not. The temporal myth is man. Reach heaven by violence. This magic I give you. The world you will rule is only an intermediate hope. And you must be the letter written in uncertainty. The ending of the words is Om Sylvie. So Sermon 15. So Reach heaven by violence sounds like a... It could be a title to a metal rock metal song. It kind of does, doesn't it? it, it <laughs> I like it. It really Reach does. Reach heaven by violence. Reach heaven. <laughs> I think that's gonna be the title of this episode. To be honest, I've actually been doing that where I've uh, I pick a certain line out of each sermon yep. to make as as the thing, and I think that's gonna be the line because that kind of works. So here's where I have issue with this. So this sermon definitely speaks of Dagathur from you know as we know him from the elder scrolls 3 morrowind right like that's just mm. what it is mm. <clears throat> excuse me i had something in my nose here cat hair um so it it talks about dagother as we know him in elder scrolls 3 the dream visions the blight and the notion that only nerevar can defeat him right so you can almost look at this as a prophetic book if you want to look at it that way saying that he is seeing the end because at the point when this was written it would have we would have assumed that this would have been written well i mean sometime after he came to power right uh because this was sermon written to his followers of his early life but the charmont or dagath ur was one of the companions at red mountain which he does he doesn't even bring into into the case like we know this to be the case from playing morrowind but the tribunal doesn't officially recognize him as a, as a being so honestly this is i would look at it if you want to look at it from a 100 percent lore perspective like if you are a worshiper of the tribunal this is a prophetic book speaking about the return of the Nerevarine, right? But this also would then assume that the Nerevarine died in the Battle of Red Mountain against Dumac Dwarf King. And not what the dissident priests say that he was murdered by the tribunal. But, you know, hmm. depends on which side of the fence you are on that. Um, but given given the fact that it's talking about Dagath Ur at this particular point in time. It, it really rules out a lot of these sermons as being any case for any kind of historical evidence, right? Because these events haven't happened yet, and therefore you can't really take his sermons as any, as, well, honestly, as truth or anything like a historical record, 
because they're too vague and they're too abstract. So that's that's kind of what Sermon 14 is. It's a prophetic book talking about the return of the Nerevarine and his um, supposed conquering of Dagoth Ur. But I like how in true Elder Scrolls fashion, it's your decision whether to do it or not. He says to go forth mm. with these words or not. You know, your choice. So that is Sermon 15. All right, guys, we've reached the end of another episode. <clears throat> and my throat nice is starting to <laughs> starting to go. It's all the cat hair. <laughs> it really also, is. They do a lot of reading as well with the males and the sermon. Yeah, a lot of reading, a lot of sermon, a lot of talking, trying to be overly <laughs> descriptive for the podcast listeners for our contest. So, yeah, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> um so uh shout outs guys uh storms do you have anything you would like to say in particular before we end off nothing other than i appreciate both of you doing what you're doing i started listening just after arc came on tremendous podcast and will definitely continue to use it as my commute music awesome well we really appreciate that and of course um one thing to keep in mind that he didn't mention but i'm going to uh remember his imperial city nights uh he's been he's been doing imperial city nights and that is open to pretty much anyone who listens to this podcast uh specifically it helps if you're in our guild um but we do have some inner guild play there you just need to reach out to storms lord uh st um o-r-m-z-l-o-r-d Add them to your friends list, uh, and if you're not part of our guild, and definitely, you know, join him. I guess that's Thursday nights at 8, right? 8 or 9. We're trying for 8. Trying for 8. <laughs> trying for 8. We end up starting by 9, but trying for 8. Trying for 8. So there you go. Um, Ark, what about you? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll just say, you know, as you said, we... I appreciate everyone who is listening and you know I remember the time I used to send mails to the show as a listener yep and um, I didn't think I would be on the show permanently like this but I am and um, I appreciate it and that's 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 what gets me up at 4am to do this show and I'm not I don't regret it a little bit so yeah I'll, I'll love you guys that's awesome. Uh, and where can people find you? Oh, right. Um, you can pretty much find me anywhere that is Arkanir. That is um, A-R-K-H-A-N-I-I-R. I stream, well, probably won't be as regular now uh, that I'm getting a full-time job. But um, I stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Arkanir. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Arkanir. You can send me an email at Arkanir at gmail.com. And that's about it. <laughs> awesome um yeah no i definitely appreciate Ark. get give him a follow he does a lot of streaming for a lot of different games that don't necessarily fall under the dcn purview but uh they're really fun to watch him do uh, so <laughs> definitely check that out uh, i'm a little bitter right now because i happen to be in the um Linchal grand manor the nibbanese house in gold coast that was crown store mm-hmm. only 
and I didn't buy it because I wasn't going to, but I'm really bitter now because I went to purchase options that says this house is not available, not for sale, and it makes me angry. Anyway, yeah. you can follow me uh, at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S underscore W-O-F on Twitter because that's where I you know, can talk to you in 140 characters or less. Um, follow everything we do, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. Check out all of our podcasts because we do have a lot of them including uh, our MMO show, The Dungeon Crawlers, our Ashes of Creation show, From the Ashes, which is getting really big, which is really awesome to me. I really appreciate that. Uh, as well as our quarterly show with the Saga of Leucemia team, which are amazing. That's Tavern Talk. Check out everything we do there. You can follow us on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Crawler Network because, you know what, I stream... Uh, infrequently actually i do stream probably at least once a week uh specifically mondays are going to be my elder scrolls online days where i go through story uh, i didn't do it this monday because i was exhausted i was uh on vacation and uh that pretty much made it so that uh i was doing a lot of housework so you know that is a thing um yeah, check us out there, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. That is the best place to go to find the links to everything, our YouTube, our Twitch, our Patreon, for those who support us, and, of course, our Twitch subs. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will see you in game. See you later, everybody. When Akatosh slew and he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel and the heart was heard to shout Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell and like a dart shot to its mark down in an alien well Magic effused the lork in blood to crystal red and strong Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone to Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of Diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.